0: Hello and welcome to episode 201. I hope that you're doing very well today. If you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, then you can get a free session with me. To get that, you can head over to my website www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can use my Canonly to uh, book yourself a free session or you can send me a message. In today's podcast, I interview uh, Josh who is a uh, guitarist for Circus Soleil and he's somebody who um, has been struggling with, with OCD uh, and anxiety-related problems for, for quite some time. Um, and uh, he has quite a, quite an interesting story to, to to tell about his experiences of, uh, you know, being a performer and a musician and dealing with uh, anxiety and OCD. It's a really, really interesting story. And he shares a lot of his experiences and, and things that have helped him Uh, along the way so I really do hope that that you find it helpful to find out more about Josh you can check out his uh, website which is uh, joshboydmusic.com.au and you can also find in the show notes uh, a link to his website and also to his latest song uh, released on YouTube if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could follow and like on your um, on your podcast app of choice. It really does help to to grow the podcast, and I really hope that you uh, that you enjoy today. So there we go. A big thanks to Josh for coming on and sharing his story, and off we go. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, nice to be here.
0: So um, to start off with, could you just tell us um, a little bit about yourself, please?
1: Sure. Well, I'm from New Zealand, born and bred there. Um, and I am a musician. I'm currently uh, working in Mexico. And uh, yeah, I work for Cirque du Soleil, which is a, uh amazing circus and entertainment company. And uh, yeah, I play guitar and sing in the show here, which is around about seven or eight shows a week. And I moved here just before the pandemic hit in uh, early f- 2020. And, uh, yeah, uh, I got in touch with um, yourself what, around about a year ago or so? I um, About that,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's about right.
1: Yeah, I'd had uh, quite, an, uh, quite a busy, you know, time i managed to actually keep my job through the pandemic mostly um which was amazing but it came came with a lot of challenges and uh yeah i managed to get find yourself in a a moment where i needed a bit of assistance to kind of deal with some rising stress levels and stuff in regards to uh my circumstances so yeah that's a bit of a context
0: yeah fantastic so um Obviously, uh, working for Circus Soleil as a as a performer, there must be a lot of kind of pressure uh, that comes with that kind of work, no?
1: Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's an amazing, fun, enjoyable job, but it's a it, I guess you'd call it a high performance job. Like every little uh, note and decision and moment you you play um, and are involved with has like a is part of the show and whether it goes correctly or not so it's kind of you're constantly uh, on on show i guess for lack of a better word so yeah you really need to be a hundred percent concentration pretty much most of the time yeah and there's a lot of deadlines like everything happens that the show starts on time and all the moments happen right on that moment so there's not a lot of time for uh hesitation
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, and I can see how it's easy for you know obsessive kind of tendencies to to creep in in that kind of environment. No,
1: for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of dynamics going on. Like things are constantly changing, um, and yeah, especially during the pandemic, like uh, a circus when people get injured or s- someone. Is sick or something, you know. The show changes a lot, and actually, during COVID, um, people were getting, you know, COVID a fair bit, and there was a number of constant changes. Um, so there was like usually you would be in more of a routine, but then it was pretty common where we would, we would literally have quite a different show like nearly every night. So yeah, that's um, you've got to be very flexible and present you know and mindful of kind of what's what's going on and and you know focusing on doing your best while also accepting that it's never going to be perfect (laughs) especially in that kind of situation although you're constantly uh inspired to to be perfect you know in a high level show like that so
0: yeah I can imagine I can imagine the combination of of those things would be really quite challenging um so what, what would you say was was the kind of the main problem that you were kind of really struggling with the most at, at that time
1: I think uh one of the big challenges was like I've been a musician professional musician my whole life basically since uh graduating from university and so I was always you know competent and confident with the musical side of what I was doing and you know happy to enjoy the process of learning in my career but uh, this instant was the first time I'd worked with Soap du Soleil so I came into the new environment with learning the kind of how music works in the circus world and kind of enjoying the process of learning that and uh, I was also the backup band leader and the process was meant to be like an integration over a year or so I was going to you know, get really familiar with maybe two or 300 shows and, and learn about uh, the the role of the band leader and watching the artists on stage, the acrobats, and cueing the changes in the music. And, um, yeah, just because of COVID and the situation, it, a few people decided to leave the show to, you know, go back to be with their families, which is understandable. And uh, so I basically got, like, two weeks of uh, training for the for the to become the band leader and it was via zoom calls like similar to this um instead of you know like two two or three hundred real real time shows so i had to simulate my theoretical knowledge in a very um real way in a very short time frame so a lot of the time i was having to make quite specific uh leadership type decisions and i was feeling like I was the one that should be following still so uh yeah that, that was a real challenge to have to have the uh the confidence and uh, the vulnerability to you know to ask for assistance and and guidance and also be able to um, make decisions you know with very little experience and and uh, real real world um, yeah experience in terms of what the right thing to do was in the right moment so just trusting in my, my experience that I had previously in my career as a musician and, you know, and just, just continuing to show up day after day and, and doing my best and learning as I go. But yeah, it was certainly very stressful because there were times where I'd felt like um, I would have loved a lot more preparation or a chance to kind of experiment and see what works and what didn't. But I just had to, you know, show the show must go on. And it, uh, it was pretty an amazing experience that we managed to, as a group of performers and as a company to keep a show running when, you know, the whole entertainment world and everything that involved um, that type of thing during COVID had pretty much shut down. But the unique circumstances that we were able to keep performing, so it was it was like show up and give it a go, or there's no show. So, yeah,
0: that's pretty it's amazing, cool. no, that you were able to to do that um under that pressure. You know, the rest of the world is shutting down, but Circus Delay must go on, uh, and you found a way, no, to to kind of make that make that happen despite having a more a skeleton crew, despite the fact that you had to take over as band leader from, from nothing. I mean, I can imagine that your anxiety must've been sky high a lot of that time. So what did you, uh, what did you find helpful then for managing that anxiety?
1: Well, yeah. Um, I guess looking back on it, like there's always, uh, in the, hindsight's a you know a beautiful thing right but looking back on it having finding ways to have bring in that mindfulness you know to kind of instead of necessarily engaging with your thoughts and feelings in those moments of you know uncertainty and uh kind of adrenaline and and just to look kind of almost zoom out and be able to look at yourself and to remember the the uh that you're just doing the best, the best in the situation that you can. And, and that's, uh, that's the main thing that, that you can, um, really hold on to for anything in your life. I really, you know, I guess is just trying to keep that, that positive attitude. Um, remember like the opportunities that you are presented with sometimes, you know, are, are great, but they don't always come, circumstantially as you'd planned you know like there's no perfect world and um like a lot of remembering that um yeah kind of keeping focus on the journey instead of the destination because a lot of the time was just wishing that could get more stability like oh can we just get to a point in the show where it's kind of similar to now which is a normal kind of circus world where there's small changes but it's mainly the same every night. And it was kind of like craving that uh, familiarity. But, you know, like, I think keeping some mindfulness in terms of, yeah, learning to disconnect kind of from the, the thoughts and... difficulties. And they do always pass, you know, once you're kind of physical symptoms kind of can settle and and you can learn to I guess I, I actually had some experiences um previously that had kind of helped me. I, I remember a phrase now like that I'd learned to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh I think that's quite helpful in life. You know, there's a lot of times where you just are uncomfortable and there's nothing you can do about it. Like
0: Yeah. Reminds me a lot of Wim Hof that, that phrase.
1: Yeah. I guess it's like every time you jump in the ice bath, it's always going to be uncomfortable, but you know that the physical benefits and that your body's going to adjust and then you become comfortable with that extremely uncomfortable um, experience. Yeah. So I remember working with, and I mean, it was like on a smaller scale, but I used to play in a lot of weddings and I would be the guitarist, the singer, the sound guy, um, the band leader, negotiating with the event planner, all these things. And there was always a, like a, a myriad of things that would come at the same time that would make you very uncomfortable. Like, you know, there'd be the music, yeah, your guitar, your microphone would start feeding back like right at the moment that the bride and groom was walking in for their first dance. And then, you know, maybe the bass player like didn't know that he started the song in the wrong key. And, you know, like you just get used to this, it not being exactly how you'd want it. And I think a lot of those gave me a bit of a thick skin to be like, well, this isn't perfect, but you know, with the circus, if someone's flipping around on the stage and they don't land quite right. And you need to change the music. There's nothing in there. Anyone can do to predict that. So learning, learning to kind of relax into the moment of finding the, finding the calm and the chaos a little bit
0: yeah I think that's a, actually a really important lesson when it comes to uh, OCD um, because so much of OCD is about you know wanting to have certainty wanting to know that things are going to work out in a very specific way uh, and if they don't then you know people tend to compulse and I guess what you're talking about there when you're doing performance, to a certain extent, unless you want to be, you know, constantly anxious all the time, uh, you've got to let go a little bit. You've got to kind of you know is what you're saying. You've got to kind of just put up your hands and say, well, look, I hope the base player doesn't start off in the wrong key, you know, <laughs> but if he does, then we'll find a solution. We'll work around it. We'll find a way. Uh, you know, or whatever else, the feedback on the guitar. It's like these situations are not ideal. Uh, you know, being a performer, it's, you know, inherently uncertain how certain things are going to kind of uh, are going to work out. But if you can be the dancer in the doubt, if you can roll with those punches and the, uh, the uncertainty, then actually, you know, that can be an exciting and fun place to be, rather than an overwhelmingly, you know, negative and anxiety-inducing place to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm just reminded of that. Maybe it was your podcast or something else that I'd looked at recently about the. No, I'm pretty sure it was one of your other episodes. Is like learning. Don't wait for OCD to kind of magically disappear or you get to a level of certainty or control over your thoughts and your emotions before you kind of live your life because it's just never going to happen. And I think it's like a trap to think like, I mean, obviously OCD is a very crippling, like real condition that I've experienced myself, but it's also just a set of symptoms that, every human experiences and maybe with OCD, it's a lot more intense. And so the, the idea that you're ever going to like get over OCD, or you, OCD, or you're going to be healed from it, or it's going to be like out of your life means like what you're just going to become not human anymore. You know, you're going to all of a sudden live in a world of uncertainty where there's constantly things happening that are outside of your control. And, um, you know, I'm not, you know, then maybe there's, certain times that you make decisions that are, you know, really affect your life on a day-to-day basis that might not be like, could be better or worse. The timing in terms of if you, if you're really overwhelmed and stressed, you know, maybe you're not going to make a huge change in your life, but the whole idea of like living your life, um, despite the OCD is, is really empowering, you know, and then you can look back and think, man, like me, uh, and the things that I was able to achieve in the last, you know, couple of years, despite my OCD, in a way the OCD actually enabled me to better manage something that even if I had not have been diagnosed with OCD as a, you know, as a teenager, I may not have developed the ways to deal with anxiety and deal with adrenaline and deal with compulsions and and all that. But because I had all these tools in my toolbox, like, I mean, thankfully I was able to, find you and check in and kind of refresh a lot of those strategies that maybe in the moment I'd kind of let, let slide, but it it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's a helpful and unhelpful terminology, the OCD, because it's really just, you know, a way of you you're just being human and you're getting through the challenges that are constantly thrown at you. And if you can learn these amazing skills that have been developed to, to help People with anxiety, you know, can really set you up to be able to uh, be more, even more successful. I think than someone that might not necessarily be aware of the the mind body relationship and things that are happening in those stressful situations, and it helps you to actually come out, come at it with a lot more empowered.
0: Yeah. Kind of yeah.
1: strategies, which is which is really cool.
0: I really like what you were saying there because I think, um, you know. OCD is, it's not all bad. There's certain elements to it uh, that I think you're kind of uh, like speaking about there, you know, the kind of perfectionist uh, element of OCD. So many people with OCD struggle with perfectionism, but actually not all perfectionism is bad. You know, some of it can be very helpful uh, in, yeah. in areas of life. And if you can utilize it in the right way, You know, for many successful people, there's many successful people who also have OCD. uh, And and they've been able to to use that perfectionism in a positive way in their life. But obviously, there's a kind of cutoff point where, you know, in certain areas, um, you know, to do with feeling emotions, for example, uh, you know, people with this perfectionist side are beating themselves up and, you know, not really allowing themselves to feel the emotion, uh, the difficult emotions that they're having, uh, you know, and this is, this is where it becomes problematic, but it's not all bad per se with OCD. Um, it's really, I think, uh, a big part of the puzzle is being able to bring a bit more self-compassion to, to it you know and and by doing that you can begin to transform what is often viewed as just being purely negative into something that okay it does have some negative elements however you know what are the positive things and how can i work on those negative things and actually grow as a person from it
1: yeah I completely agree <clears throat> and i think going that was part of in hindsight now like a lot of the really stressful moments for me you know when i was first a new band leader and there was so many things happening in the show and sometimes i would constantly feel like i was just kind of uh, drowning in the circumstances and I, and it was easy to feel like why can't i do better like what why, why am i not able to get this under control and then if you know i was to be able to experience that again i think i would i would really of course this is the hindsight thing that helps but i would really try to give myself more focus to realize like more credit on how well i was actually doing instead of allowing that um inner critic to constantly kind of tear me down and say you know you're not good enough you if you just try harder or you'd somehow miraculously just be more prepared for this you know unexpected set of circumstances then it would be easier but really um there was nothing else that i could have done that I that I wasn't doing and so other than just having more self-compassion and and more yeah more respect for the for the person that I was choosing to be in those in those moments you know like I was giving everything that I could like long hours and you know trying to be as as positive as possible you know just to be like one day at a time and you know I'm going to figure it out and now just a short year later it seems like kind of like a distant memory and I've got all that experience, you know and i I, th- I really think that because of running a show during a pandemic, I really grew and learned much more much faster than I would have ever in a normal circumstance, like of just kind of more you know routine run-of-the-mill type situation. so I'm actually you know in the moment, I definitely didn't appreciate <laughs> appreciate the stress levels, but to yeah, I don't think I could have had that real world experience that I can take with me, and you know, into the rest of my career, for the rest of my life, you know, and um, to know that I I got through that where there was definitely days where I just felt like throwing in, throwing in the towel and you know traveling back to New Zealand and still too hard and just giving up and I just you know stuck it out and so having that having that you know that voice of like a best friend kind of like, what, what would your best friend say, you know, like after, you know, instead of thinking, you know, that inner critic, how could I have been better and what did I do wrong? And, and how was all the things that were not perfect about what happened? It was like, how was, how actually was, how perfect was all that? You know, and the fact that it was, you know, you just do your best and, um, you know, you learn, and all these things and it's such a great experience when you look back on it it's just trying to find that that perspective in the moment is that's the that's the, uh, the yeah that's the that's the um the difficult part but learning to learn from that experience and, and when you come across these really stressful unexpected uncertain situations to try to remember somewhere in the back of your consciousness there like you know you're doing your best and you're going to come through this and you'll actually be thankful for this experience in the, in the long run.
0: Yeah, yeah. How important do you think it is to try to remain in the present when you're dealing with this kind of stuff? Because obviously, a big part of, of everything you're talking about there is this, this kind of uh, need that people tend to feel of having to ruminate, of having to withdraw inside Uh, to kind of put everything to one side for a a moment or two or five minutes or for five hours or for five days or whatever, you know, and just think, try to resolve the problem, come to the perfect solution. Um, You know, rumination so often is is a big, big part of these kinds of problems. And sadly, you know, it brings us out of the present moment. Um, Did you find that to be you know, something that you were, were struggling with and do you have any tips uh, for how you can deal with that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me personally, the, the rumination was probably the, the worst part of the experience, you know, like kind of in the moment in a show, like when things are not necessarily going how you want or, you know, you, you have to be in the moment and the, the, you, it's actually really good training because like if you make a mistake and then you start thinking about the mistake, you're like highly likely to make another one. Cause you, you, so you have to go on, like whatever happened, you you're just following the artists on the stage and you're following the music and it just keeps going and going and going. But the problem was afterwards, after the fact kind of having like, I call it like, a, kind of like an adrenaline hangover, you know, like you feel that anxiety and you feel that excitement, but it's all kind of mixed up with, you know, that self-criticism and, and um, how do I do, how could things have gone differently and, you know, um, and then just, yeah, that's where you can really tear yourself down and and really um, have hours and hours of, you know, maybe trouble sleeping or just trying to um, kind of decompress from the moment. But it's, yeah, it's amazing, like how powerful that, process of rumination can be to kind of control your your every waking moment and really just take over your ability to be effective in whatever else you're meant to be doing for lack of a better word as opposed to kind of reflecting back on what just happened and um yeah now now you kind of remind me of some of the circumstances that that we were going through i think it's like it just fades away into like, oh yeah, all that stuff that I was trying to figure out in, in the moment and the, all the circumstances kind of just really becomes irrelevant when you become more present and more focused on what you're doing now, you know? And so, um, you know, like, yeah, i really have helped, uh, really learning how to meditate and, and, um, become more aware of, of my breathing and uh, just actually putting focus on physically re- relaxing because you have this idea of like, oh, but I can't relax until I've worked out my rumination, you know, until I've made the decision or come up with the, the solution to whatever my problem was. And it's like, no, it's, it's totally backwards. It's like, if you can somehow short circuit that, that trap of feeling like you've got to just, reassure yourself one more time that you're doing the right thing or that you did the right thing, or, you know, that someone's not upset with you or something, you know, whatever you, you're ruminating about. Um, if you can learn to physically relax your body, then those thoughts and the kind of the power that they feel like they have over you just kind of become distant, you know, and it becomes less and less engaged. And then, um, yeah so the physical like the meditation and and, and learning to um, disengage from from the content of your thoughts and kind of just watch them instead of like engaging with them like you're in a boxing match, you know like yeah you kind of just, yeah. oh okay, the thoughts are kind of I'm getting smashed in the ring, and what am I going to do about it? I need to fight back and then you, you just kind of watch that boxing match happening in your mind and you're just like, oh yeah but doesn't nothing's actually happening
0: <laughs> yeah i like, <laughs> like that analogy yeah it's just, yeah.
1: just kind of like it's just like a replay on a on a tv screen you and don't eventually... have to
0: you don't have to get in the ring you can just yeah. be uh expect a uh, spectator and observe what's going on
1: yeah i just kind of thought of that now it's interesting because in the moment you think nah, no nah, i'm getting smashed i'm getting smashed by these thoughts i'm really offended by you know, the insinuations (laughs) that the OCD is making about me. I've got to defend myself and I've got to, and then it's all of a sudden like, no, I don't even want to be in that boxing match. Like, I'm just going to, I'm out. Like, I'll just let it, let it like carry on. And then eventually, you know, it'll get to round 12 and you'll be like, Oh, doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. And also just trying to uh, do constructive tasks. Like it's quite amazing actually how if you can manage to, engage in something else positive and constructive um that's not what you were doing or that's not what was upsetting you like how quickly you can forget and then you have that moment where you're like oh I'm not thinking about rumination and then it'll come back again quickly and then you go back into what you were doing and then eventually if you can let go of that need for uncertainty then all of a sudden you know like when your brain chemistry changes and then you kind of calm back down and you go back into more of a yeah you become present and mindful you become present in what you're currently doing all of a sudden what you were doing or what you were trying to predict of the future like becomes less important and then just eventually you forget about it absolutely
0: yeah yeah you can tell that you've been on a journey here now and you've you've come a long (laughs) way with it um If you only had one piece of advice for people who might be listening, who are struggling right now with their own battles with anxiety, OCD, um, what would that uh, advice be?
1: Uh, Is it just kind of, I guess, doesn't matter how intense, you know, your feelings are or, how terrible you're feeling, you know? Uh, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but it's never going to, you're never always going to feel like that, you know? And like, I guess there's a lot of lies that OCD can tell you with your, with your mind and, and, and your body. Like you can just think, no, like it's not, it's not possible to relax until I've resolved my rumination or it's, I'm always going to feel like this in this situation you know, um, and it's just not true. It's definitely not true. Like when you, when you're able to kind of relax and come through the circumstances, then, you know, I guess that, that one thing that will always, that'll always be true is that things will always change. You know, and then that yeah, you, have to yeah. be able to, you have to be able to learn to, to go with the changes. And, uh, but then the good thing about that is if you're feeling bad or you're not feeling good, that'll always change. Yeah. Because there's no permanence in a, in a state of mind or a state of emotion or feeling.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. just
1: to try to have the, the faith and the courage to, to believe that things can change, you know, and that way they will not always stay the same good or bad you yeah. know and so being flexible yeah to kind yeah. of have yeah just kind of to see into the future of kind of what you what you hope for is definitely possible yeah and uh yeah
0: yeah that's that's really great really hopeful message there i think to, to finish with josh thank you so much for your time it's been uh, it's been great talking to you
1: yeah thanks rob